How are we doing, Ryan? Good, James. How are you? I'm doing good. Really good. And everyone joining us? Yeah, thank you. As always, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Looking back at uh, January, beginning of the year. That's right. First month of the year. First kind of sets the tone. The year. Yeah, kind of sets the tone for the uh, the whole whole 12 months, the yeah. whole shooting match. So uh, it's important to understand how you start something, I think. So right. here we are. Yeah. And we always look forward to our podcast, but this one we're kind of looking forward to, you know, getting the year started, yeah. looking back at January. And let's start where we always start, Ryan. Yeah. What happened in the markets? Yeah. So again, January was the uh, the gift that kept giving in terms of the market movement when you're looking at your stock investment. So uh, equity investors uh, were, were pleased to see that the S&P 500 was up 1.68% right. in the month of January. Bond investors may be a little disappointed, but after the December that they had, it's hard to uh, listen to those complaints if there were any. Mm -hmm. you know, bonds pulled back the aggregate bond in index so a basket of bonds pulled back 0.27 percent okay. so hardly much of a give back but that was just a little bit of interest rate volatility that we kind of expected would be coming with some of the things we'll get into um through the podcast today yeah. so as we kind of look back into january yep. okay let's just start at the end of january in the qra you know i don't know if many people have heard this i know we monitor pay yeah. attention to it but Let's get into that a little bit. Sure. So QRA, well well said to keep everyone on their toes. What is that? What is that? You know, it's the <laughs> right. quarterly refunding announcement that our Treasury Secretary, uh, Janet Yellen, is, is in charge of. And so think of it like this, raising money for the government to operate. Mm -hmm. How is she going to do it? You know, and, and the way that the government raises money to spend on their budget is goes out and issues treasury bonds. Well, are you issuing longer dated treasury bonds, shorter dated treasury bonds? All of these things matter. Right. And I'm going to take you back to the December podcast where we talked about um, if you need water mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the tide comes in, it's easy. Didn't yeah. have to do anything for you. You got a bunch of liquidity mm -hmm. out there. But if you don't have a tide, you're not by an ocean side or something like that. You might have to dig a well, you know, get a pump on there, pull the water out of the ground. It's hard work to do that stuff. So why does this QRA matter more than it ever has? Because of this idea of the tide, the, the liquidity, the market stimulus that just shows up. You don't have to work hard for it. That's why the QRA matters, because that's what we're operating on. Mm -hmm. And I'd be happy to debate anyone about that, but really what you're seeing play out in the financial markets is just loose financial conditions. That means liquidity is easy to come upon. So this QRA, why is that important? Because you get to see, number one, how much of that liquidity is going to be uh, populated over the next three months from the government's perspective. It gives you an idea of government spending, which is a fiscally stimulative mechanism. Okay? Right. But here's the other thing. How the QRA flows will dictate what interest rates are doing amongst the yield curve. <laughs> you know, so everybody, we've heard about inverted yield curves, or all that means is that like a longer term treasury has a higher or lower interest rate than a shorter term, whether we're inverted or not, da 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 da. Mm -hmm. Well, those, the treasury market is where the government goes to raise money, okay? So QRA, what did Janet Yellen do back October 31st of 2023 that, that really depressed long-term interest rates? She issued less long-term bonds. Right. Anytime you have less of something, you have less supply 
Therefore, their scarcity bolsters the price. Price works opposite of interest rates. So if price is bolstered, interest rates go down, or at least it puts a cap on them. That was a huge relief to the 10-year treasury bond interest rate, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, kind of the lifeblood of risk-seeking endeavors. So again, what, what what we heard back in October of 2023 she wasn't going to issue as many long-term bonds. What did we hear at the end of January? January 31st, she's still not going to issue off those longer-term treasury bonds. She's still going to keep focused on the short-term stuff. Not typically what you see. Um, I'm going to just you know save my real thoughts on what's happening long-term uh, for another podcast, but we got to keep our eye on this. Yeah. And so, um, you know, one other thing that I think our viewers would like to know is you actually did see that um, some of that government spending was taken back. Taken, pulled, pulled back yeah, a little pulled bit. pulled back a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, it's important. And I guess we bring it up because whether you want to know it or not, no, we're watching it. Yeah. And I think that something that we've talked about in a lot of our podcasts, it's, we've been talking about it, you know, for a few years now, is interest rates. Yeah. And now we got, as you put, this kind of drum roll yeah. or drum beat yeah. of Interest rate cuts. Yeah. Is it going to happen or it's going to happen? It's for sure going to happen. We might have it. How many are going to happen? Will they happen at all? Right. You know, where do you think we stand? I know how that kind of starts to affect everything, but. So you're introducing our good friend Jerome Powell back in the right. discussion, right? With yeah. the Federal Reserve. And you know what? I, I want to take a moment to say there are two main levers when it comes to impacting, you know, speeding up or slowing down an economy. Monetary policy, which is acts of our. Um, our Federal Reserve, mm-hmm. and then you've got fiscal policy, which is essentially acts of our Congress. Yep. They're both levers that we can pull. We just touched on Congress mm-hmm. and the fiscal side of things with the QRA. Now, James is uh, drawing us down this uh, this road of monetary policy, which is going to be, again, Jay Powell's gig. So, yeah, I mean, Jay Powell, um, one of the things that we've heard recently is they're, you know, they're all open to interest rates. And when I talk about all, all the board members... The Federal Reserve. So when does that come? When does that interest rate come? And there will be a playbook when you start to see interest rates being cut. There are going to be things that work better than others. So, you know, we got to stay on top of this. But I think you need a reason Mm -hmm. to cut. So as much as they're open to cutting interest rates, um, I think that they really need a reason to cut. And I don't know that all-time highs in the stock market – is really reason to cut. You know, inflation is still off of their target, but it doesn't mean that they won't. And really, you've got, um, I think, some liberal thinkers mm-hmm. on the, uh, the the Board of Governors there at the Federal Reserve. So perhaps, I mean, if you go back to, say, the mid-90s, you would see interest rate cuts at all-time highs. Um, you know, but I think that some of the lessons that we've learned from the 1970s would be don't count inflation out right. too soon. So again, my feeling is that there needs to be a reason to cut. Um, we oftentimes don't like those reasons. Well, and I guess that kind of leads to our next topic. What is the outlook outlook of inflation? You yeah. know, would that be one of the reasons why they might cut it if it's looking one way versus yeah. the other? Yeah, I, I think that, and again, the beauty of uh, Jay Powell and his message that um, he delivers to the public, mm-hmm. they address all these things. And right. I guess you've got to take everyone at their word. Um, you know, and, and so one of the things that he has said is that inflation – We've made progress, but it's remaining rather sticky mm-hmm. out there. 
Um, so some of the things that you would look for is just, you know, I mean, the price of uh, real estate has come down, but it's still a big problem. You know, um, I have loved watching the chart of um, orange juice prices over the last two years. I mean, it's just amazing, just a parabolic rise. And then, you know, they've kind of settled in, but they're still far off from where it was. When you, from really where, you know, so again, I think that uh, you've got this embedded inflation in our economy. And so the question is, how serious is the Fed about pulling that embedded inflation out? Mm -hmm. Chances are they're not going to want to do it ahead of an election. Yeah. yeah. Go figure. Yeah. Yeah, go figure. I mean, there, there's politics. There. We have an election this year? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I wonder, when are we going to get into that? <laughs> I don't see it on here. Yeah, not on this month, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yep, yep. So, again, the inflation outlook, it's better, yep. but I, I wouldn't count it out. Well, another item that might kind of talk about rate cuts or affect rate cuts is the labor market. Yeah. You know, another every month drumbeat we yeah. see come out, and then it gets revised or not revised, whatever it might be. But if we look at the labor market, how's that? Affect or how is it affected yeah. by what we've kind of already talked about? You 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 mentioned something right there. They come out and then they're revised. Mm -hmm. The revisions that we've seen are historic, quite yeah. frankly, with um, how many of the the most recent um, labor figures have been revised lower. So just something to be aware of. They mm -hmm. do get revised lower from time to time, and, and especially in this day and age, it seems. So I. I think we put this on here because we're taking Jay Powell at his word. And one of the things that he has said is, yeah, we're looking at the inflation that is present mm -hmm. in the economy. But one of the things he's also looking at is the labor force tightness. Yeah. You know, how tight is the labor force or not? And I think that it's this concept that if the labor force is tight, competitive space for job, um, wage earners are able to kind of see growth in their salaries and their hourly uh, earnings, things like that. Therefore, they can pay more for the orange juice. Mm -hmm. So Jay Powell, by looking at the labor market, is trying to look upstream from that inflation, which would be a little downstream. Right. So he's talked about really focusing in on that labor market to then um, green light some of those interest rate uh, cuts if they do um, come this year. Come to that. Yeah. yeah. Some more to come on that. So now let's kind of switch gears, Ryan. Mm -hmm. So if we're looking at you know, inflation and possible rate cuts and the different things that are going on. You know, how are we looking at positioning the portfolio or even maybe some ideas of what you could do right. if we get an environment where rates are being cut? Yeah. So I always view investment management and allocations similar to this is going to sound crazy in a way because I don't really uh, think the weather people are great at forecasting, <laughs> but, you know, that's the best we got. So it's kind of like this idea of what's the weather outside. That'll tell us what we would want to have in the portfolio. Right. So, for instance, if I see in the forecast that – and I don't even know that it's the weather person anymore. It's typically a computer job. Ten models, right? Anyway, <laughs> so when I look on my app and see, oh, rain's in the forecast, I'll throw an umbrella in. Yeah. So it's kind of like your portfolio. Do we need the umbrella right now or not? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like this is creating the environment to then understand how we're going to be prepared for it. Yeah. So when you start to prepare for interest rate cuts, understand that that's at the short end of the yield curve. Mm -hmm. That's at the shortest end of the yield curve. And what that just looks at is the construct of the whole interest rate environment. 
You know, banks charge each other a rate of interest for overnight loans, by the way. Yeah. That's going to be the shortest end of the yield curve. Mm-hmm. Is that That's the rate. That's what we talk about. All that's too, the rate right? that they're going to be cutting if they're cutting rates. Yeah. But then the rest of the market is a market-driven system. Mm-hmm. where So maybe what you see is that short-term rates are high, longer-term rates are lower. So you would want to position your bond portfolio to take advantage of those shorter-term rates coming down. Uh, some of the things that you also might see uh, as interesting in that uh, rate environment where they'd be being cut is maybe we're adding to mid and small cap huh? positions in a portfolio because they typically are going to be the benefactor to the Fed trying to stimulate from mm-hmm. a monetary policy perspective. So those are just two kind of conceptual ideas, but it's this idea of us checking the weather app right. in that environment. Yeah. Do we even pull the umbrella out? Do we have it with us or do we right. open it up? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that, too, is going to depend on what is the client's objective. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, again, there's it's a lot to it. to know that. Yeah, there's a lot to it, but there is a playbook for it all. It's yeah. not just buy stocks. <laughs> buy the right kind of stuff. All right. Time the market. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't get into that. No, not at all. So, about 12 months ago, you know, I want to say at least in the last 18 months, we had some issues with some banks. Yeah. And you and I have kind of joked about it, like being in the closet, you know, open the doors, everything fall out, or yeah, is it just yeah, stuffed yeah. up or whatever it might be. But let's talk about banks yeah. with this drumroll of interest rates, with how we maybe have just talked about how inflation looked. Yeah. How do we think it might affect banks? You know, so some of the recent headlines um, regarding, and we can't get stock specific on this, our right. compliance department wouldn't like it, <laughs> but there's some headlines out there. Yeah that aren't tremendous in that regional banking sector. But I also recognize that our Federal Reserve is getting ready to round out an emergency um, liquidity facility Mm -hmm. for our banks. Um, The bank term funding program, it was announced in the month of January that it will be discontinued in March. So our Federal Reserve, and what this was, was an emergency uh, window, if you will, where a bank could take underwater collateral mm-hmm. and borrow money at par, if you will. So, I mean, it's just a fancy way of saying banks in trouble could go get liquidity yep. from the Fed. That's going to be closed off. Now, they have other mechanisms out there to help banks. But the fact that um, you are seeing the Fed confident enough to close that door, I don't know. Maybe they're seeing something pretty good out there. But right. all I know is commercial real estate is under some pressure out mm-hmm. there. The largest lenders of commercial real estate traditionally are um, going to be your your um, regional banks. Yeah. They also have problems associated with these higher interest rates and the collateral that they're forced to hold. So that's a story we need to be watching. That's a story we need to be watching right now because um, it has the potential to be a problem. But it also has the potential to be a hallmark of starting to, you know, on something positive, right? you know, kind of getting out of this very challenging economic environment that we've been with for the last, I mean, shoot, we're coming up on two years. So I think that the the regional banking system, if we can get that back to uh, stable and healthy, you know, and then those uh, rates come down a little bit, I mean, that's starting to be be the makings of something really special. We've we've been sniffing out this special, but this might be cheap special. Special. That's durable special. Right. Well, we'll stay on it. We'll kind of stay on these different topics that we've talked about. And usually at this point in the podcast, you know, or the conversation, yeah. we talk about, hey, let's look ahead to next month. Yeah. But it is January. Yeah. It is the first month. Yeah. 
you know, what do we think about stocks and bonds as we look maybe further than just the next month into 2024? Not guaranteeing anything, but Certainly. how do we th- how do we see it? Yeah. So number one, like we've always talked about, you've got to be like water. Yeah. You have to be able to adapt. I mean, we just pointed out a lot of different moving parts here in this uh, this podcast. So 2024, you have to be adaptable. Right. You cannot um, commit to something and then just be stubborn about it. Right. You have to be very open-minded. You have to think um, differently, I think, and uh, just understand that anything's possible out there. So easy easy to say. But what does it really look like for 2024? I think that we've got the makings of a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because even if the the growth is cheap, well, I don't know. I, cheap growth is just the same on the statement. Yeah. You know, but you I think you have to be a little more skeptical of it. Yeah. So, when we talk about the QRA on the front of the podcast, recognize that's important cuz that's just liquidity yep. entering the market right it's not that you know corporate america found a way to uh you know increase their margins and all of a sudden you know sales volume goes up and now you know we've got this tremendous earnings per share growth you know you, those aren't the stories that you're seeing out there right now so i think you've got to look at 2024 from the viewpoint of look for liquidity Where's that liquidity flowing to? That's what you want to own. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that interest rates probably in 2024 would would have a green light to fall, yeah. assuming that inflation does stay depressed. That's going to make it a nice year for bonds. Go yeah. figure. And uh, we'll take it. yeah, yeah, we'll take it. So again, I think you stay with um, with cleanliness across the board. You stay with good, solid companies. Um, you know, probably right here in the U.S. for now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and again, be open to uh, a little bit of duration on the bond side. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, we'll stay on top of it. We'll look forward to seeing everyone next month. Yep. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you for your time.